Chapter 14. The Stones Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Arthur C. Clarke Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, one, two, three, four... up directly after Penny separated you guys into groups and Barry and Swifty she stuck the both of you in one of the interrogation rooms uh, just to sit for a bit didn't lock the door or anything. oh hey Swifty how's it going man I do not like being interrogated how was your day I glower at him <laughs> sip on my beer uh suddenly the door swings open and penny steps into the room and she's like barry oh sorry i was i assumed you were going to either be asleep or not paying attention i need the both of you to be real honest with me for the next couple of minutes okay he did it <laughs> uh, i saying... saw him he did it <laughs> no i'm not accusing well I'm not going to accuse you of anything. There's nothing really that you did wrong. It's just I know both of you have been keeping evidence that you have not turned in. Do you have evidence of this? Ha! I mean... Well played, worm man! <laughs> I mean, insofar as I don't have the things that you have in your possession and they should be turned in because they uh, were related to cases. Well, I mean, of course, my possessions are in my possession. I don't go running through your stuff and grabbing your possessions. They're your possessions. Just well, because I work for you does not make my stuff your stuff. Well, you both, through the course of our investigations, have come in to, Our uh, investigations? I don't remember seeing you there. <laughs> you got a uh, point. You've you've come into possession of a couple of very dangerous magical artifacts. That ma'am is a lie. <laughs> well, you Swifty. Oh, you're gonna try and deceive her? Alright. Roll of deception. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> What'd you roll? Three. <laughs> uh she says, Swifty, please, please. I know that you are holding on to a small black stone that you pulled out of a body during one of your investigations. So technically I'm not because I already stashed it under his bed. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I call her bluff and I'm like, search me. <laughs> she says, well, I didn't think that you would bring it here, but I figured you would have it somewhere in on the premises. I bet you he has it. Well, I still have that one. Yeah, it's fine though. But that was kind of a bonus, a perk of the job, I thought. Two coins. That um, wasn't theirs. That was a stone you found in the center of a giant burned out piece of forest. Did it seem safe to you, Barry? Fine. I didn't realize it was such a big deal, Penny. You know, you can get... That's like, what? Months ago now. It's just well, been kicking it on my desk. 
I understand, but that's, I mean, honestly something you should have turned in. And, uh, I mean, I'll take as much responsibility and say it's something I should have came and got from you. Yeah, um, I mean, but I figure... But I'm going to need you to get it now. And right now? Well, yes. Uh, well, not immediately. Hold on. When we're done talking. <laughs> I saw where you were going with that. Swifty, I'm going to need you to get the stone in your position as well. Why? I gave it to her. I don't care if she thinks I'm lying. I'm just straight up blatantly lying to her face. I'm going to need you to get it anyways. And then um, you and Barry are going to go and take these to a man. We've got They're a guy. shimmering stones, Penny. Anyways, thank you, Barry. You're welcome, Penny. I'm going to need you to take them to a man that I've recently come in contact with that can give us some more information on what exactly they are and might be able to show us how we can use them against the Church of the Open Eye. Okay? I'm good with that. You good with that? Get more weapons. More you good with weapons. that, Swifty? And she gives you like a thumbs up. So I do like a single raised eyebrow and then turn and walk out. She says, that's, that's I mean, pretty self-explained. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you the details uh, of where to go and who to see in a minute. I've got to go talk to Boris. Why don't you go ahead and get the rocks and I'll be back here in a minute. So what are you going to do as you leave this room? That's a question. I'm heading back to my room and grabbing that stone from the desk. Okay, as you go into your room, you see me coming out. <laughs> I, I'm grabbing the one I put under your pillow. Okay. Uh, as as the two of you are leaving the room, uh, oh hi, Swifty. <laughs> hold on. Your room is safe. I checked you for traps. Did, well, what about the one that you grab? You didn't grab the stone on my desk. I don't know. I did not see a stone. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Swifty. Thank was, you for your investigation hurry. skills. AJ. Yep. What? You're up, buddy. It's <laughs> a good, good interaction. I was trying not to pollute the audio too much there. Um, so as the two of you are walking out of the interrogation room to get these stones, Penny, ahead of you, you see her take a quick turn into her office, and as she opens the door, you hear her say, Boris, okay, um... Here's what I'm going to need from you. And she closes the door behind her. She's really needy. You know, <laughs> we need to get we need to get Al back. I miss Al. She's a lot nicer to me today than I think I've ever seen her since my interview. She foiled my plan. <laughs> and now I must think of a new one. <laughs> so as the two, you make it back to the interrogation room with your rocks sitting there talking to each other the rocks are talking to each other five they're sentient oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're yeah. whispering they're whispering stones i said do you hear these rocks <laughs> say remember about uh remember five berries i don't remember them about Met. five to ten minutes later uh penny walks back in the room and she says okay um you've got the rocks right remember can i see them uh, I have mine out on the table all right swifty i pull the rock i got from outside the like blatantly fake rock and I hold it up for her and I set it on the table she takes it and holds it in her hand for a second and kind of looks at it and she's like while this rock is about the same size um, it's I neither it. it's neither black magic or has runes carved into it so Do not wizard <laughs> I hire a guy he magic it 
to make I, it look I, like an ordinary rock you got off the street. Yes, very then make safe. It, then make it look like the correct rock, and she sets it back down on the table. I'm not a wizard. You need a wizard. Well, most wizards that would put a charm like this on Get a thing Boris. for another person would give you some sort of word to deactivate the magic. He did. What's the word? I don't know. I kill him first. <laughs> it might have been... <laughs> but I don't think so. Uh, I can't breathe. <laughs> Shit. You want okay. people to be entertained. Do you not? <laughs> Are you not good. entertained? It's so good. No, it's so good. Um, she just gives you a blank look and she says, I trust you have it on your person. Yes, it is on a person. Okay, so uh, I'm going to need you to both to take them down uh, to a man in the uh, merchant district. Oh, I love the merchant district. Going shopping. Yeah. Well, he, um, please be discreet when entering his shop. He is a very powerful necromantic sorcerer, but he sells um, tchotchkes, souvenirs. He usually has a few tourists in his shop so don't just walk in there saying hey give me these are the magical stones i know how you guys do so walk up to the desk and say this phrase and she she puts a piece of paper down on the table it, and do not address him by his name until everyone has left you haven't told us his name yet Is it's on the not? paper is it written in common? It's written phonetically, just for you, Barry. Thank you so much. <laughs> but she says, wait until the store has cleared out, okay? Don't embarrass this man or he will not help us. And we will be very, very um, unprepared for what is possibly coming. So do we get a bonus for following directions correctly? You know what? Hold on. And she steps outside real quick, and you hear her, like, jog down the hall. She got to check with Ghost Owl. Oh, she comes back, Is Al back rather quickly. No. And runs into the room, and she sits two very looking, I'd say about medium-sized satchels on the table and she says there is 1500 gold in each of these oh wow. i'm going to pay you for this now this will also cover any expense during this job okay sweet it's much more than sufficient yeah. and she sees she sees you swifty <laughs> that says, suggests is my job have lots of expenses no it shouldn't cost much of anything at all i'm just saying if we have expenses... I did not want you to worry that I was not giving you enough money to use keep... Use your money, Barry. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not feeling that. I'll buy you a beer, though. Yes, you buy many beers. Many beers. She's like, okay, now, just... You've got the paper. You know where to go. You've got the, the addresses on the paper. The name is on the paper. Everything you need on the paper. I've got to go back and deal with Boris now, okay? Please take care of this and... Just don't, don't piss him off. So Penny walks out? Yes. I look at Barry and I say, did you take notes? Uh, no, she wrote the note for us. Ah, the uh, paper. Who's going to grab the paper, though, and oh, look at it first? Okay, so, uh, Barry, you grab the paper, turn it over, and, uh, you see a name written out in common that seems familiar at first, but you, you just, like, it, it's like, Bringing something up in your your memory, but you just can't 
like quite put a finger on this it. This seems so familiar. Um, you like deja vu, Swifty? You familiar? Let me see. And I want to do an inspection on this paper. The name that's written on the paper is William Taft. I'm looking for more than that, though, like Sherlock Holmes. Like, what type of paper? Okay. Uh, was it made? Can I smell like it was came from by the cinnamon shop? What? <laughs> it tastes like the inside of Penny's pocket. Oh, wow. It's a piece of paper from her study that she wrote on. <laughs> Is she just wrote like a name and fucking address taste, taste on it. Your this paper is not helpful. Like you don't have to do a fucking investigation check. It's just a paper she wrote the name William Taft on. The name of the store that he runs is the Salandrian Siren Gift Shop. This is actually the gift shop that is in the lobby of the Salandrian Siren. The radio and newspaper media giant. Yeah, I think, you know, I check them out every once in a while. They're, the music they play on there is a little too mainstream for me, you know? But reading this man's name and realizing where you're going, you remember that we this man was famous. a... He was a close associate of William Walter. Yeah, you Back know, they, the they always It was played, the two bills. They always played buddy-buddy with they, their They B had their own side thing bullshit. called the two bills. Yeah. Because I just came up with that name, and I think it's cool, the yeah. two bills. Yeah, one of two. them played saxophone, the other one played a bigger saxophone. Yeah, but they're both assholes. I mean, they're swell guys, but man. But, so, do you make your way over to the merchant district? Or do you guys want to do anything first? I would like to snag an urchin. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is human trafficking. Using my criminal contacts. Okay. To find out two things specifically. Okay. One, is there a lot of foot traffic in and out of this shop, this gift shop? Yeah. Not the whole radio, just like the gift shop particularly. Okay. Because the guy's like a necromage that could put some people off. Yeah. And two, is there a back door of the shop itself, not the whole building, just like an alternate way of egress or ingress, ingress in or out. Okay. And I'm assuming the urchin can find this shit. Yeah. On the black market. Eleven. With an eleven, this urchin <laughs> uh, comes running back with just a few pieces of information. Basically, that William he tends to deal in mostly like healing spells and healing potions. Um, he seems to use his necromancy for good. And he's very secretive, though. He doesn't do any business out of the shop. He tries to do it out of the back because the back is connected to a small tomb in the catacombs that he's kind of made his own personal quarters. Yeah, so it's like he's, he's he has his own dead to draw upon. Exactly. Yeah. I reward the urchin with a piece of poison candy <laughs> oh fast God. forward three weeks this urchin has had this piece of candy in his pocket the whole time because he's just been saving it for the right day and he has just the best day of his entire life he pulls this piece of candy out and he's like i knew i was going to save this for a special occasion and he puts it in his mouth and he stands up on top of the tallest building he can get up on top of which is like maybe two stories uh and looks out across as much of the city as he can see and dies and falls down into a giant fire. I don't know. I, and somewhere no Swifty shudders and says, Got him! <laughs> but yeah, he runs off down the street with this uh, piece of poison candy in his pocket. 
you're eventually gonna kill an urchin. <laughs> I haven't actually killed. I've scared a bunch of them, but I haven't actually killed any of them yet. Okay, I guess Barry probably wouldn't even care or even check to see if it was a poison piece of cake. Yeah, yeah, you have no reason to question it. Wow, you're such a swell guy, (laughs) Maybe someday I give you candy too, Barry. No, you're, that's really kind, man, but I don't need you feeding me. I ain't, I ain't no fucking slum. (laughs) I I was about to, I thought you were going to say you ain't an orphan, but you are. <laughs> okay, so no, I'm I'm following, sniffling. <laughs> but, but there was nothing you wanted to do on the way over. No. Okay. I'm gonna be fine. Okay. Uh, so you guys make your way over to the merchant district, and uh, <laughs> you go to the building that houses the Salandrian Siren. And this is um, w- one of the bigger buildings that is in the Merchant District. And you know that this is where they broadcast the radio show from. This is where all of the newspapers and pretty much all the news in the city comes from. They have music there too, right? Oh, no. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. As you enter into the lobby, there is... Have they um, ever played my music? No. They've played plenty of William Walters, though. Uh, <laughs> that fucking guy. As you enter into the lobby... I imagine him a lot like Bono. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> just right. a really fucking good guy, but I just don't... He's my competition. I don't fucking like him. So before we actually go into the gift store... Yeah. I want to take a side mission to the radio... Yeah. And see if I can place an ad... <laughs> Okay, so as you come into the lobby, you see on the right-hand side of the lobby, there is a, you see the gift shop, uh, but directly in front of you, you see kind of an information desk and a reception desk uh, with several people at, kind of standing at the desk, but then there's a couple spots open. Uh, One of them is a very angry-looking elven man, and the other one is a very kind-looking half-orc woman, which is a bit of a rarity in the city, uh, but she looks pretty nice. Are you gonna which which one of these are you gonna walk up to, Swifty? The angry elf man or the nice half orc woman? The nice half orc woman. Okay. I say, can I please an ad? Uh, yes, sir. You certainly can. Um, I can get you the required forms. And she shuffles in a drawer real quick, and she pulls out a, a whole bunch of paperwork and sets it up on the desk in front of uh, her and she says, uh, you'll just have to fill out all these forms and um, return them with a 20 gold fee and we will run the ad for four weeks. How about I just tell you and I give you 40 gold? You take some for you. N- no, that's not how it works, sir. As a persuasion, these dice are hate what, what, What's two. that? A two? Oh no, okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she said, no, that's not how it works, sir. Um, hey, I, w- I want to give you uh, my uh, shit. What's it called? A Barry, dem- that is not tape? socially acceptable. <laughs> you shit in the toilet. Oh, <laughs> man. Wow. Uh, no, I want to give him my portfolio with, uh, you know, some sample music on there and stuff, you know. Oh, uh, well, I agree. That is shit. Uh, she says, okay, uh, actually, um, 
being very rude today, Swifty. sir. I see. I see that you're a bard, and um, no I understand kidding. you're you're anxious to have your music heard by the world. But um, there are channels above my head, even that you have to go through. Um, actually, well, where did I go about turning it around? We only accept portfolios uh, once a week on Sundays, and that's about four days from now. So you'll have to come back. Okay? Sorry, and on Sunday I'm a little busy saving the world. Well, that's a lie. Uh, no, I'm baritone <laughs> scale weaver. You saving the world? I'm yeah. sure you are, and that's going to try my persuasion check. Though you can hold on to this and make sure it gets into the proper hands, please, and I'll give you some gold for it. That is a 19. Uh, she says, no, it's on Sunday, okay? Sunday's the day of our Lord. I can't even believe you guys are fucking working. So I, I walk uh, away. The Salandrian siren never closes, sir. I take the papers and I put them in my pocket with the intention of making Penny or someone else fill them out for me. So you guys head over to the gift store? <laughs> and I walk away. So uh, as the two of you walk into the gift shop, uh, the two patrons that are in there actually see you guys come in and just from looking at you, they, they kind of put what they're looking at back and walk out. And now uh, it's just the two of you and a very tall human man sitting uh, behind a very ornate uh, cherry wood desk sitting directly in the middle of this store. And he he kind of looks to be not really paying attention to what's going on, just leafing through a book. Uh, do I recognize him as William Taft? Yeah, you recognize him as William Taft. Hey, William, how's the music scene going? And he looks up and he says, do I know you? It's your DM, Andrew. A couple of announcements this week, and then I'll have an ad for you, and we'll get you right back into the show. Uh, first things first, we are creeping right up on the finale. Our season one finale is going to be at the end of January, uh, right at the beginning of February there. So what we're going to do for that is we're going to have a big Q&A episode and also uh, just kind of talk about the show, how everything's going so far, how everybody's feeling about it and uh, just kind of a check in, you know, after one year. So I'm going to put up a couple of posts uh, all over social media on our Twitter, on the Beholder's Eye Facebook page, share it as much as I can for people to get their questions in. I'll make a little survey um, or you can submit them to us via Twitter comments or retweets or, you know, private messages, whatever. Just however you want to get a, uh, get your questions to us, we'll take them and answer them. 
So the other big thing, and this is less of an announcement, more of just a reminder that we have a Patreon. Uh, our Patreon can be a great way for creators like us to help cover some of our financial needs. As you may or may not know, uh, running a podcast can sometimes be a little expensive, but that doesn't mean that it keeps us from doing it because we love it, but it could just be a little stressful. So uh, having people subscribe to our Patreon definitely helps get rid of some of that stress and honestly really touches us that anybody would want to support this weird funky thing that we're doing so if you could go over to patreon and subscribe even just a dollar a month helps we would be super grateful podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting which is probably the most important part of podcasting because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere nobody's ever going to hear it <laughs> and we went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show and wow we had pretty good experiences with all of them we found that shortwave is the best fit for our show shortwave is a podcast hosting syndication analytics and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional level podcasting tools should be available to everyone not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www.goshortwave.com, to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and episode-level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips, all in your browser. Again, you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that Shortwave has to offer. Shortwave, the platform for adaptive podcasting. Well, that's it for today, uh, or that's it for this week, and we'll be back in two weeks with another split party episode. Uh, it's going to be Barry and Swifty. That one should be pretty fun. And then uh, two weeks after that, it'll be Boris, and then a couple weeks after that, we're going to be doing the finale. So I hope everybody's getting as excited for that as we are. Uh, and until next time, bye! And he looks up and he says, do I know you? So I have a moment of consternation because I seem to recall Penny telling us we were supposed to start this conversation with a passphrase or something. And I got nothing. Oh, I look at uh, I look at the piece of paper that has our directions on there. Ah, the paper! He says, wait, are you the two from the beholder's eye? So I walk up and I put my stone down on the desk. Oh, sir, put that back, please. Um, I, I will take you into my study. Um, yeah, take us in, William. Well, I slap Barry upside the back of the head. Hold on. Um, before I take you in, I need to make sure that neither of you uh, pose a danger to my person. I strike a um, pose. Danger is what I do. Performance. Do you have any weapons on you? 20. Like... Ugh, just this killer body. He's he's very impressed by your killer body, but he's he still says, uh, it's very nice. Um, but do you have 
any weapons on you. Oh, actually, I do. I have a rapier and a dagger. I okay. eat people. That's fine. Do you have any I've weapons seen it. On I've seen He's not so, lying. So I pull I've back my lip and I start pointing through my teeth like, this one. Okay. Do you have any this weapons one? that are not permanently attached to your body? No. I'm very attached to my weapons. I feel all of them are permanently attached to my body. Make me a deception check. <laughs> Ten. Uh, <laughs> my dice are letting me down today hard. He says, okay, I guess you don't. Uh, you, sir, said you had that you had a rapier and a da dagger? Yeah, I turned him in. A okay. daedric dagger? A, da a dagger? And he takes him from you, and you see he's got a bag of holding sitting on the table next to him, and he just opens it up and he puts it. You can keep those, man. I don't. I... That's a nice bag. You sell that? No, it's my bag of holding. Um, Until you, you sell it, then it's somebody else's. That's it's, how commerce works. It's kind of a common item. You can just go buy one down, I mean, in any of the whole entire magical item section of the merchants. So so I look at Barry and I kind of take half a step, tempted to just walk out and go buy a bag of holding. No, Swifty. But then I spend your money elsewhere. I decided we need, to, we need to finish this. <laughs> he says, just, okay, okay. Now that you've been disarmed, please come with me. Um, we will go down into my study. And he goes over to the front door, closes it up and locks it, turns the sign over to closed. And uh, he leads you down into a trap door that's actually uh, behind the desk. Very well hidden. He, he moves a rug. And then there's a trap door there. Very well hidden. Yeah, does the rug match the drapes? This is very uh. well hidden. <laughs> Thank you. He leads you down into... So if you go under the rug, there's a passageway? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as he leads you down into this chamber, you have uh, you come down... God damn it, you fucked me all up. Wes. Is it damp in here? Flustered the DM <laughs> with the wind, Wes. <laughs> Uh, he leads you down a narrow set of stairs into what seems to be an old uh, tomb, but not just like a tomb for one person, but a tomb for yes, not not quite that big. I'd say maybe like a. Um, I think uh, they can go from small to large. Like you can get like ten people necropolis. A Karen. <laughs> Karen's a pile of stones for one person. Oh well, I was wrong then. Anyways, it's a big open space with a bunch of dead bodies in it that he has obviously been performing. <laughs> experiments and rituals on but as he brings you down in there he says okay um i'm going to have you take the uh, items that i'm going to look at for you out in a minute but first i need to make sure that neither of you um have any sort of possession okay and you already have like my possessions no no um i'm making sure that you have nothing uh you're bringing nothing into my magical sanctum that could fuck with us? Yeah, no, I get it. You know, you got to make sure we're clean before we enter your sanctum. Okay. I take care uh, of that last night. Chipotle away. Shit. <laughs> he says, okay, now I'm just going to have the two of you walk through this archway over here. And as he says that, you see a stone archway. He kind of waves his hands back and forth and you see an stone archway building itself up out of the uh, stone floor and as it does he snaps his fingers and you see a shimmering magical field appear he says 
Okay, who wants to go first? I walk through it. So, Swifty, as you step through, uh, you don't really feel much of anything, uh, but you do feel the magical items that you're carrying kind of vibrate for a minute. And he says, oh, you have things that could hurt me on you. You lied to me earlier, didn't you? I believe you. I am good liar. I'm going to need those magical items from you. We have come to an impasse. Okay, at least just go set them by the door so I can feel comfortable that you don't have them within um, striking distance. Okay, so I go and I set them by the door and then I stand next to them. Close enough. Sir? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it my turn for the ride? Yes. Barry, as you're stepping up to the portal, you black out. And... <laughs> No. There was uh, a guy who was going to pay me for that, man. Uh, no, Swifty, you actually just see Barry step through the portal, and everything seems fine. Um, but, Barry, you, you black out for a minute, and the next thing you remember is stepping out of the portal on the other side. Huh. Right on. That didn't seem so bad, huh? Right on, right on, right on. William says, that Barry, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. One foot in front of the other. Let's get this shit on the road. Okay, you just seem to stumble a bit as you went through the portal. I haven't had a beer in two hours, so don't even look at me like that. Well, you're lucky. I mean, I did not detect anything. Why don't we go ahead, look at the items that you've brought me today. Pendolin sent over a communique that said that uh, you had two very interesting and powerful artifacts from the Church of the Open Eye. Yeah. Hold on. Who is Pendolin? Pen Pendolin. She works at the Beholder's Eye. Um, I thought it was Pennywise. No, her name. I is thought it was Peppercorn. Oh. You thought Penny's full name was Peppercorn? Huh. Um. No. You mean the one who answers the phones? Yes. Uh, Pendolin. Uh. Uh. Penny. Oh yes. Yes, Penny. Yes. Um. She. Because she ain't worth the dollar. She uh she said that you had um artifacts that were used in a ritual and that came out of a uh corpse that had some sort of tentacle monster inside of it. We got stuff. Yeah, I got I got Okay, it. can you can I see them now? Yeah, here you go. Swifty, you you put yours out on the table? I pulled the, mine out and I toss it to Barry. The real one? Yeah, the real one. Okay. Uh, I grab them. I have them both in my hands because and I set I want them down. The information at this point, or the okay. Or the uh, Barry, What's as you catch the second one, you black out again. Uh, and Swifty, what you see is Barry, uh, as he catches the second rock, <laughs> kind of sways for a second. And you see him look down at both of them in his hands. And he. Barry! Barry! <laughs> you rocking it! He's completely ignoring you. He's just looking at these two rocks with just complete intensity. And then it goes away, and you you come back to yourself, you know, holding these two rocks in your hands. Yeah, they're pretty cool rocks, huh, guys? And I set them both down, one in each hand on the table. And uh, William gives you kind of a weird look, and he says, okay, um, well, let me let me see what I can divine from these. And he he takes the two rocks, and he puts them in the middle of his table, and he starts to wave his hands above them, and you see intricate runes uh, of light 
start to pop up underneath them in a in a circular pattern starting to repeat itself down into a spiral that just as you're looking at it it kind of i'm gonna need both of you to make a constitution save 11. You both feel really dizzy looking at these these runes. And Barry, actually, as, as this is happening, you feel that weird reality warping feeling. Um, and I'm going to need you to make me a d20 roll. 10. You black out again. Uh, but this time I'm going to need you to roll a d6. 2. Make me a deck save. That's a 20. During this blackout, you don't... It's not like the other blackouts. You actually can hear, still hear and see everything, but like your brain feels black. Like it, it like almost like a seizure. Kind of like like you're you're almost not making new memories, but you can understand that somehow. And you hear this voice in the back of your head say, "It's almost time, Barry." And then it's over like that, and you're you're looking down at the ground, and you still feel dizzy. Yeah, uh, but. Swifty, you just get really Do I recall dizzy. that or no? No. Uh you you recall it but like almost like a dream so like you remember it immediately and then the more time passes like the more it fades and it's harder to pick up the details even over the next like 10 to 15 seconds. It just kind of Hey man, you're making me feel really fucked up right says, now. Oh, sorry. Please don't look I I I should have said something. Please don't look directly into the spell I'm casting it. It's been known to cause um, uh, vertigo. And Swifty, I'm going to need you to make another constitution check. Fucking Bono. Or a constitution save, sorry. Uh, you feel dizzy, but you don't puke. You keep yourself from, you, you keep yourself from throwing up. And uh, William says, oh, these are very interesting pieces indeed. It seems that they both channel dark energy in a way but very differently. One opens a very specific pocket dimension and he uh, takes the smaller stone that you set down, Swifty, and he says, this opens a dimension that um, leads directly to um, something that I can't see for sure, but just constantly is moving and writhing and and I would imagine this is the tent, the one that came from the tentacle monster, correct? Tentacles, yes. yes. Uh, this other one, though, is very interesting. Uh, now, Barry, uh, where, where have you had this? Where, where have you been keeping this? Uh, it's mainly been on the desk of my room, been kind of checking it out and stuff. Have you, um, have you noticed like, because it like produces like a little low hum, kind of? No. Um. Have you been hearing voices, Barry? Ah, voices is a bit strong, I'd say. Have you been hearing voices other than your own in your head? I mean... Uh, make a... Just roll wisdom? me a flat d20. Or, no, a wisdom, yeah. A wisdom check. Just a... I'd say with... Just wisdom. Your wisdom modifier, yeah. Yeah. Rather than proficiency. Uh, 13. 12, you, 12, sorry. You have vague notions of it, but, like, nothing you could pin down. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, voices. You know, I mean, I, I'm a performer, so, you know, I get a, I have a lot of character voices. That does make sense. Um, but uh, meta, meta, though, yeah. Wes May does not have 
very many character voices. <laughs> no, they're all pretty much just Wes. Yeah, but like, it's Wes playing this. With a little bit of an inflection. Yeah. <laughs> so, Swifty, as this is, as they're kind of having this conversation, you start to hear a low droning. Yes. Are there anything valuable? <laughs> you take a quick look around and you see that there's several valuable things sitting around in this room there um, are several sacrificial daggers that have rubies and emeralds and sapphires in the hilts and um, some are made of pure silver and some are made of gold you can also see that he's got at least um I'd say at least like a 10 pound chest sitting next to one of the crypts that just from your, like, like I said, you could, you could say like, Oh, there's like 10 pounds worth of stuff so, in there. Totally ignoring Barry. I look at the guy. I'm like, Hey, you sell this stuff. And he, he kind of looks at you and he says, what? Um, I mean, I've never really considered it. Most of it wasn't mine to be, with um, I take it off your hands, real good price. You mean like the dead bodies and the the? No, no, the weapons. Oh, the weapons. oh yeah, you can have the weapons. I, can I mean, take you them? can you can have them. Yeah, I will take them all. Oh, wait, do you mean these daggers over here? And he points at these sacri- the f- sacrificial daggers. Are those the gem encrusted ones? Yep. And I'm like, yes, nodding uh, very, very eagerly. Oh no, those are those are mine. But you can have any of the other weapons and you as he, he points around you see that there's like old, rusted, like nothing completely of any, broken down. Nothing shields of any serious and, value. Yeah. What's in the box? What um I mean there's several boxes. Most of them have dead bodies in I them. I point to the one that was like lit my value sense up. Uh, he says, oh, you mean my own personal chest. That has everything I've ever accumulated of value in this world. You not merchant? You not sell stuff? Me thought you sell stuff. No, I use most of the gold I have for alchemical supplies and um, my studies. You make poison? No, I need a lot of dead bodies, and they tend to cost a good amount of money because I can find the you morgue dead. system in the in this uh, country is surprisingly well regulated. I make you a deal. You give me good stuff. I find your dead bodies real fresh. <laughs> I know a guy. Okay. And he, he reaches his hand out. I shake his hand. I, I'll, I'll accept that. Yes. So now you have a place to get rid of corp- fresh corpses. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> He's going to be my own Sweeney Todd. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he turns back to you, Barry, and he says, um, okay, well... And now we're in his... How, how long again did you say you've had this? Like, months? It's weeks? been seven, eight weeks, I'd say. Right? right and you... Have you killed anyone that you know of? Like, not intentionally. Uh, Who got the no? kill? and the other guy. Oh no! I I would say any of the kills we've had within canon, Barry has been conscious for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says, um, okay, that's a good sign. That's a good them. sign. That yeah. means I'm just very confused. Usually, something like this, this is meant to, um, basically open a 
transportive teleportation field, uh, but when it's left inactive, it should basically drive anyone within a five-foot radius completely insane. And if you've had it within your room for that long, like, you should have killed someone by He's now. He's stupid. it take longer. Yeah, and to be but fair, But not of I your own a, volition. I have a strength of ten, you know, I'm kind ah! of... <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, but during our conversation, I haven't seen the mental fortitude that would convince me of your uh, ability to fight off an artifact like this, but that's not an insult. You yes. seem like a very oh, nice yes, person. Is. Whoa. I mean, but well, look at this grade A smile, and I show okay, him. It's okay, necromant. You can insult him. We all do. I show him my uh, charisma score twenty smile. <laughs> roll me just a charisma save. Yeah, I'm gonna roll against this one. Not performance, just charisma. No, just a charisma save. All right. No, I not want. <laughs> oh, that's a 17 on my end. Uh, you try to smile, but it looks like like you're angry. Well, okay. I'm kind of I'm kind of offended by what he said. It's that so. super fake smile. Yeah. yeah, like smiling as hard as you can, showing as many teeth as you can, just like. <laughs> uh, and he's just like um, charmed. I'm sure. Anyways, um, check out my mixtape. I'm going, I'm going to have to take possession of these items now. I thought you said I possessions were bad. Uh, oh, uh, no. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Uh, oh. But he says, I'm going to take these from you now, and um, I will go ahead and I think using the two of them, I could make, as Pendolin suggested, a, a very powerful weapon. It won't take me very long. And as he's saying this, Barry blacks out again. And this time it's very evident because his body goes completely rigid and his eyes roll in the back of his head. Swifty, you only have a few seconds to react to this because as this is happening, you hear a very loud squelching and screeching explosion as odd as that sounds, coming from outside. And as that happens, a vine of what looks to be like a, 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 you know, like rope vine of what looks to be flesh and eyeballs suddenly pierces through the wall and just makes, separates you, Barry, you and Barry from William on the other side. And as this pushes through the wall, more little tendrils start to snake out of it. And as they do, they grow eyes. And you see them push into the dead bodies next to William. And those dead bodies start to rise. And eyes start to grow out of all the places where this vine starts to burst out of their skin as well. As this is happening, William says... Um, um, meet, meet me back at the beholder's eye when, when you get out of here. Be very careful. Something is obviously fucked up. Um, I will, I will get the weapon prepared and bring it to you. Penny said something like this might happen. Ask her, ask her what's going on. And he, uh, he waves his hands above his head and he casts Misty Step and disappears. Son of a bitch. Here goes my plan. The two of you are now completely 
separated in one side of the room and uh swifty you're left standing over a unconscious blacked out barry who seems to be having a seizure That's a wrap, people.